Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, we're going to continue our Candidate Forum series this afternoon, and also we're going to talk about the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide for a few minutes. If you go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website, just search Ohio Christian Alliance. It will take you to our website. And right on the front page and at the top is the Ohio Christian Alliance uh, Candidate uh, Voter Guide. In fact, um, we've covered the uh, races here in the state of Ohio coming up on November 8th, of course, is the election. Early voting uh, begins just uh, next week, actually, as the uh, voter registration deadline is October 11th. So if you're not registered to vote, you can actually do that on our website, too. We have put some links on our website that will take you directly to the Secretary of State's website. There's some helpful tools there to find your districts. Of course, to load the voter guide, also to view your sample ballot. All you do is click on that link and put in your address, and you'll be able to see what's going to be on your ballot. And, of course, we encourage you to get out and to vote, and that's what's most important. Well, with us on the phone is uh, Justice Pat Fisher. He is a state Supreme Court justice on the state Supreme Court. He is up for election, and let's talk about that for a minute because... Uh, you will find that on your ballot. There will be three Supreme Court seats up for um, uh, filling on your ballot. Uh, there are six candidates. And for the first time, there will be party affiliation. So I know in our office we get a lot of calls asking uh, what party affiliation are the justices in years past. Uh, that wasn't declared on the ballot. We really didn't have much to share with interested voters uh, to look at the uh, court candidates. But this year, at least, you'll be able to see their party affiliation and, of course, then to be able to search them on the Internet and to go to their websites and to read about their philosophy of uh, their judicial view. Well, with that, let's go to our special guest. Again, Pat Fisher, who is a state Supreme Court member currently and has served in the current term. He is up for re-election. Pat, welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be on. Hope hope it's a good day like it is here. Well, it is. Uh, <laughs> the sun is shining, and we're glad for that, and the temperatures are uh, moderate, uh, although we did have a fr- frost the other night, a light frost, and oh, wow. okay. fall is upon us, and it's, uh, the leaves began to turn immediately here in northeast Ohio. Uh, but I know that you've been out and about across this great state, all 88 counties, uh, 11.5 million Ohioans. In fact, Secretary of State Frank LaRose has announced that there are now, we're back up to 8 million that are registered to vote in the state of Ohio. So tell us oh, wow. about the campaign trail and going out there and talking to the folks. Well, I just surpassed on Sunday the 100,000 mile mark for the campaign. Wow. And actually, I, actually I'm one county short. I have to get out that Lawrence County. Uh, I've done 87 counties, many of them multiple times, but for some reason, Ironton, I hadn't been out there and it got canceled, so I need to get back out there. But oh, other than that, it's, go ahead. Well, that's great. You know, I mean, it's, it's always awesome to get out and meet the people of the state of Ohio, and I think you'll agree with me. Uh, I'm really thankful for the state we live in. There's just a great 
uh, great folks that live here in the state of Ohio. Uh, they feel the same way we do about this great state. And, of course, they have a lot of concerns as well as we are all facing some economic challenges these days. But your sure. thoughts? Sure. Well, no, I, th- I think there's a lot of issues out there that people should care about. I mean, just the good point about getting intel moving into the central part of the state will reverberate throughout the state, I think, for jobs and types of jobs um, up and down I-71 and I-75 and I-77, 76 and 70 and 74. We got a lot of I-70s in the state and a lot of people. I mean, Jim Rhodes used to say, former governor, what, when asked what Ohioans want, he says they want a job and to be left alone. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. So, yeah, Boy. things are moving along. <laughs> That's a, I didn't know he said that, but that, that actually is true. The people I've met in public policy over the last quarter century doing this work, of course, I pastored for a number of years, but have been involved in public policy. I speak to community groups like you do. And I think that's right. I think people want to live their lives in peace and harmony uh, with their community, and they, they need a job, and they just uh, they want to be left alone. That's part of uh, the liberty and the freedom we experience here in this great uh, republic in America. And people come from all around the world because actually they either can't find a job or live substandard levels of living um, and or they're in terror or in fright of just uh, everyday living. And uh, that's why people come to this great land. Right. And, and and think about it. To be left alone, a lot of those people, all they want is to be left alone. The government terrorizes them. And our government doesn't, or we shouldn't. And, and, and that's why the Constitution is important. One of the reasons I became a judge, because I think the right and responsibilities found in the constitutions of Ohio and the United States are just very important and protective of us. And and I, I want to make sure that they're enforced. So that's part of my job. Well, that's right. And there are cases that uh, land in front of the state Supreme Court, whether it's on education or whether it's uh, uh, business concerns or individual rights and freedoms. And of course, um, you know, the court is probably going to be more involved in the abortion issue as we see that the Dobbs decision has turned it back to the states. Uh, of course, Ohio over the years has had uh, elections that favor pro-life candidates and pro-life governors. Governor John Kasich actually signed a lot of pro-life legislation into law over his two terms of service. Um, in fact, the 20-week abortion ban was one of the pieces of legislation he signed into law also banning um, abortions of Down syndrome children and protections for them. And then uh, ultimately, Governor DeWine signed what is the heartbeat law, when a heartbeat is detected, uh, banning abortions when a heartbeat is detected. And, of course, polling showed most Ohioans and Americans do support that. Of course, you'll hear uh, polling numbers from both the political left and the political right on that issue, and we'll continue to have this discussion, I'm sure. But the fact is, is that uh, it's going to become an issue for the court. I know you can't speak on specifics, and that there is nothing that I'm aware of in front of the court currently. But uh, it's, a, no, it's well, not, kind of a, not, yeah, not not in front of us. But actually, there's a case down in Hamilton County that's pending right now. That kind of uh, you're right. I can't speak about it because 
once there's a case filed, uh, I can't talk about that subject, even if it's not in front of us, because the odds are that case will work its way up to us. I think you're right about that. Right. And we have had um, uh, Mike Gonadakis of Ohio Right to Life was on our program a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. talking about the Common Pleas Court case down in Hamilton County. That judge uh, has yet to make a decision. I think that comes later this week sometime is what okay. people are saying. Yeah. So, um, and we appreciate that. But I, I think it's important for people to know, I know that the legislature moved forward with party affiliation because I know in our yeah. office that for the last 20 years, manning the post and, and our folks manning the phones and getting calls, uh, again, our organization's a little different in that we don't endorse candidates. We do publish a voter guide. We provide as much information as possible so that folks can make an informed vote. Uh, but uh, they'll ask about the judges, whether it's uh, on the local level or the state Supreme Court. And prior to this year, we couldn't even uh, you know, say much about their party affiliation because that wasn't a determination for the ballot. This year it is, of course. So I think that yeah. will help a lot of people. Your thoughts on that? It, it will. Um, you know, for years, people would ask me when I was a lawyer, who do I vote for for judge? They didn't know the judges. I still don't think people know us as well as they know, you know, Governor DeWine or candidates um, Vance and Ryan for the Senate. They just don't know us the same. And yet we run statewide. So what I saw, and I used to be president of the state bar, which doesn't like what I'm going to say, but I was the voice in the wilderness, as they would say, that. You know, we are nominated in the primary, even before this year, in a partisan primary. But then we were put into a general election where nobody knew what party we were from. It just seemed like people, information was being hidden from the public. And I thought that was wrong. And I think the legislature did, maybe they did too, because they changed it for the Supreme Court in the course of appeals. Now, the, the, the countywide trial judges still will not have an R.D. behind their names. But all the appellate judges and Supreme Court judges will. And I think that is right because, like I said, we're, by, constant, by the state constitution, we have to be nominated in a partisan primary. So why hide it for the general election? I, I never did understand it. And, but that's the way it was from about 1914 till this year. We're talking with Pat Fisher. He is a candidate for the Ohio Supreme Court. He serves currently, and he is running for re-election on the November 8th ballot. Justice, as we look at the election coming, early voting is starting. Um, Ohioans will begin casting their votes here in another week. Uh, Again, as uh, voter registration closes out on October 11th, the election's a little later this year on November 8th. Uh, So people, it does give them some time on that. What would you say is unique about this year's election when you're talking to the voters? I think public safety, to be honest with you. People are a little scared. We had a case that a lot of people didn't notice till recently during all those, remember all the redistricting cases we had? I think it was five or seven of them. Yes. In the middle of that, all that, the majority of which I was not, I was in the dissent. The majority in a case called Dubose said that uh, a judge cannot and is prohibited from taking into account public safety when setting bail. 
And the legislature was so upset they put uh, issue one on the ballot to overrule that case. Because, I mean, if somebody's accused and have a record of shooting people, and you can't take that into account when setting bail, didn't make sense to me. And so I dissented, as did two of the others. It was four to three decision, very close. But it just, I, I think watching what goes on in New York City and San Francisco uh, really has caused people to worry about what goes on in the streets of, of Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, and the other cities throughout the state. And thus, not permitting public safety to be considered unless we pass issue one, I think scares and put a lot of fear in people. Well, that's right. A judge is the first one who will actually have a defendant in front of them and uh, with the facts uh, before there's a trial, before there's a jury assembled. And that judge has the determination of public safety on their mind. I cannot understand why the three Democrats and uh, uh, Justice O'Connor voted with them in that decision. And it did raise a lot of red flags and a lot of concerns because Ohioans do see what is happening in Chicago with the gun violence there and the murder right. rate every weekend and in New York City with just mayhem. And, and quite honestly, we've had some trouble in some of our inner cities here in the, in the state of Ohio. Uh, Columbus's yeah. murder rate has skyrocketed over the last few years. Akron has had some um, issues uh, and, uh, you know, community um, uh, rebuttal of policing, which has caused the police right. to stand down. And it's actually, we live in the greater Akron area, and it's actually been a great concern. It's not anywhere, a place you want to venture at night right now, because there is such kind of a stalemate between uh, uh, community and, um, and and the police force. And so it's put them in a off foot, as it were. And so they're not being as aggressive to follow up on um, 911 calls and, and that. And so uh, it's, in, it's caused uh, basically, the criminals have, they know this, and it's a signal to them that, hey, it's its a free market. We can go out and do what we want, and makes it for a very dangerous environment. So the judge is really that safety net between the general public and uh, the, these criminals that, uh, you know, have already uh, demonstrated their uh, lack of uh, any interest of protecting others, but actually to, to, uh, to, to implement harm or danger that judge stands in a place of protecting the citizenry with that bail and raising the the cost of bail and keeping that person incarcerated. I agree with you absolutely, and I think Ohioans know that implicitly when they look at the the issues that are uh, abounding right now when it comes to uh, the criminal justice system and what's happening with crime in America, because it has skyrocketed over the last few years. We see the defunding of the police movement and this kind of thing. We support our men and women in blue. And it's Absolutely. not, you know, it's not a perfect science and, you know, and uh, there's a lot of things they have to deal with on a daily basis. And so we appreciate those who service in the emergency services. And, and I know, uh, well, Judge, uh, that, that's on your mind. Your absolutely. And, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the other cities in, in Ohio last summer, right after Labor Day last year. Remember, there was a lot on TV about the number of homicides in Chicago almost every night on the news. Yes. Well, I had our research people here at the library. Uh, we have a public library on the top of the building here. Any Ohioan can use it. You can call in, get get all the help you want. 
But I said, I want you to compare the homicide rate per 100,000 people in Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati to Chicago for the summer of 2021, when you know everybody was in uproar about all the murders in Chicago. Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati had a higher murder rate per 100,000 than, than, than Chicago in the summer of 21. Isn't that sad? It, it is. It's a great concern. Uh, you know, we had on this program former county prosecutor um, uh, O'Brien, and he, you know, of course, is no longer serving in Franklin County, but he was that these were the things were of concern for him. And uh, oh, absolutely. unfortunately, we have some very liberal prosecutors that are, uh, you know, coming into uh, office in these urban areas, and they're not they're not really not dealing with the crime problem. And in fact, in some ways, people would say that they're helping to. Uh, you know, actually fan the flames of the of the crime issue by not uh, executing their offices effectively. That what we have learned, you know, what we've expected in the past. Your thoughts along those well, lines? Oh, absolutely. And in 2017 or 18, the Ohioans passed an amendment to the state constitution called Marcy's Law, which is to protect victims of crime. And yet, it's gone the other way, where it, don't get me wrong. I will enforce the constitutional protections of every person, criminal or not. That's every right. Time. But in our state constitution, it says the victim is entitled to equal rights to the alleged criminal. And and and, and people seem to be ignoring that provision. And I, I, I find that unconstitutional, to be honest with you. We supported uh, Marcy's law, and we thought it was a great law. Kelsey Grammer, of course, was a spokesman for that, and he's had tragedy in his family. Of, uh, you know, I think his father and his brother were both murdered. And uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so he, you know, he's a national spokesman for Marcy's Law. So, uh, you know, absolutely, we agree with that, Justice. We're talking again with Justice Pat Fisher. He is up for re-election on the Ohio Supreme Court on November eighth. Justice, let's talk a little bit about the Constitution. Your philosophical approach. Uh, to law and justice, and of course, uh, your philosophical uh, view of the court. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm, I'm what you would call a common sense textualist. The words of the Constitution, the words of a statute, the words of a contract matter. And I enforce the words of, that are written. I don't impose my own will. In fact, there's a lot of statutes I've enforced that are constitutional. But if I was in the General Assembly, I never would have voted for in a thousand years. But that's not my job, is not to make the law. My job is to apply the law to the facts found by the jury. And that's what a common sense textualist does, enforces what others have written down. And, and I do that because people say, well, well, that wasn't the intent of the legislature. I don't know what the intent of the legislature was, except for the words they write. And otherwise, you get people just applying the law the way they want and not according to the words of the statute. You know, somebody said, you know, you're just a common sense textualist. I said, yeah, I am. I'm proud to be. Um, I, I really believe that. And, and I think most people would like it that way because that it's easier for everybody to know what their rights and responsibilities are if we just use the words and not try to imply or infer things that aren't there. The balance on the court right now is um, 
four to three. Uh, that's if you consider uh, Justice O'Connor, who is termed out uh, voting. She has actually voted with the Democratic side of the court uh, over the last uh, term. So really, we have, if you lose one of these seats, if the Republicans lose one of these seats, it puts the the court in a precarious position, possibly even going to majority. Now that we know Democrats would control the court, concern there is an activist court, the likes of which this this state has not seen in many years. And I think people have forgotten that because we haven't had an activist court. We've had a court that has interpreted the Constitution and interpreted the law and decisions according to the Constitution. I don't think Ohioans would be ready for an activist court. Your thoughts, Justice? Oh, absolutely not. In, in in the 1990s and just around the turn of the century, there was what's called the Gang of Four. It wasn't based upon party because two Democrats and two Republicans made up the Gang of Four, but they in, created laws. They created things that didn't exist. And people got sick of that, so they threw them out. Now it's been 20 years, and people forget about how bad that was with businesses leaving the state doctors leaving the state. I, I knew doctors from Marietta that moved to West Virginia and doctors from my home area of Cincinnati moving to Northern Kentucky because they couldn't perform. They couldn't do their job in Ohio because the court was so activist. And and, and you don't want activist judges because you want the, the legislature to create the law and the people to have the law in the Constitution. Like I said earlier, we shouldn't be right deciding what the law should be. We should be enforcing the law that is. And if we Thank don't you. do that, we're, we're going to have a problem. We're talking with Pat Fisher. Again, he is a uh, candidate for the Supreme Court of Ohio. He currently serves as justice on the state Supreme Court. Uh, the three Republicans running are Pat DeWine, Sharon Kennedy, Pat Fisher. The three Democrats running are Marilyn Zalis. Jennifer Bruner, and Terry Jamison, and you will be picking three seats and three justices on your ballot. You will see six, three Republicans, three Democrats, and you will pick three on your November 8th ballot. The website to uh, visit to learn more about Justice Fisher is uh, fisherforohio.com. Is that right, Pat? That's that's correct. And the one thing I do want to tell you all is... uh, how I conduct myself as a judge has always been based upon the book of Micah. What does the Lord require of thee but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And that's what I've been my theme as a judge, how to act ever since I became a judge 12 years ago or whatever it was. That's and one of I, my favorite verses, hope, too. I hope everybody does that. That's right. Yeah, Micah 6 8, that's a great verse. Thank you, Pat, for being my guest today, and best wishes to you and your family as you continue the campaign. And thank you for your service to our state on the state Supreme Court. Thank you all, and remember Fisher with a C for the Constitution and common sense. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pat. Take care. Thank you. Well, stick around. We're going to be talking about the March for Life coming up tomorrow in Columbus. And we're going to be talking to Peter Range from Ohio Right to Life. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. And we're back, and we're going to be talking about Ohio March for Life. That's October 5th at the Ohio State House in downtown Columbus. That's uh, Wednesday, October 5th. That's tomorrow. We want you to join us. Now, the program begins at 10 a.m. with a pre-rally concert. And then at 11 a.m., the Ohio March for Life rally begins. And then at 12, we'll begin the march, and they'll be marching downtown. We want you to join us. And uh, you don't need to register at this point. Just come on down. And uh, we're going to talk about this with one of the uh, folks who have been helping coordinate this. This is Peter Range. He is the executive director of Ohio Right to Life. Peter, welcome to the program. Hey, Chris, great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, this uh, March has been about four months in the planning, and uh, it's finally here. And so uh, we're pr pretty excited about this. Tell us about the march. You know, Chris, I'm tremendously excited to gather pro-life uh, people from around the state of Ohio to gather to be a tremendous and powerful witness for life right at our state's capital. You know, at Ohio Right to Life, we work a lot with our lawmakers, those individuals of influence who are looking maybe to pass legislation even this upcoming year. And they see the news just like the rest of us. They see kind of uh, the pro-choice polls, things of that nature. We want to send a loud and clear message uh, tomorrow on October 5th that human life is sacred, uh, is made in the image and likeness of God, and deserves to be protected in law. We want them to know that Ohio is a pro-life state. So I can't uh, overemphasize how important it is if your listeners are just thinking about coming, please follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and join us for what will be a tremendous and effective witness uh, to the gospel of life tomorrow at our state house. That's right. And so you can drive down and join us again at the Ohio State House outside. I think the weather's supposed to be uh, good, so it'll be a good day to be out. 
uh, for the march, and that's at 10 a.m. is the pre-rally concert, and that's with, uh, uh, let's see, concert with Damascus Worship will be at 10 a.m., and then followed by 11 a.m. with the program, Ohio March for Life Rally begins, and then at 12 p.m., right at noon, will become the march, and then there's, if you want to visit the website, marchforlife.org, uh, and go to the Ohio March for Life, you can actually see the route that they'll be walking as well. And so uh, this will be in downtown Columbus. And again, a great way to make a statement for life. Now that we have uh, seen the end of Roe v. Wade with the Dobbs decision, but there's so much work to be done, uh, really helping young women who find themselves in a situation with pregnancy and, uh, and now they need some help. And so that's what this is all about and it's continuing to pass pro-life laws in the state of Ohio. Peter, uh, how long have you been as the executive director of Ohio Right to Life? This is a new position for us. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a new position for me. I began about uh, this January. I'm so super excited to be a part of the, this journey the past eight, nine months. And uh, it's been a joy to travel the state to preach the gospel of life. And, you know, really, Chris, I was baptized in the pro-life movement from a pretty early age. My father was twice paralyzed in his life from the neck down, once at age 11 from polio before he received the polio vaccination. Uh, then he went off and he ended up meeting my mom, getting married, having six kids. But then in 1989, he was suffering from severe depression, anxiety, was taking a pill prescribed by his psychiatrist to help him fall asleep at night. It ended up, Chris, re-paralyzing him again from the neck down. So the last 26 years of his life, day in and day out, he was completely dependent upon my mom and one of us six kids for his every single need. But I learned a really important lesson from him, and that was that every single life, no matter what condition that life might find itself in, is worth living. It's worth saying yes to. And so traveling the state and getting to preach the gospel of life, inviting others to say yes to life, has just been a tremendous joy. And I know from being on the ground firsthand that Ohio is a pro-life state, uh, that we are individuals who believe in the sanctity and dignity of life, uh, and that is rooted and grounded in a biblical worldview, uh, which promotes the dignity of the human person. And if I could mention about this march and just you know why it's important to come out as well, uh, first and foremost, it edifies the body of believers. I mean, we we look at the media and we look at what's on social media and all the censorship and things. It, it can make us feel like, gosh, no one really even thinks like we do. I mean, there is a, is there anybody else who's really pro life out there? I mean, you will see that, you will witness that at this march uh, tomorrow at the State House. Secondly, it does move and challenge the hearts and minds of our lawmakers. As I said, I mean, some of them, quite frankly, might be nervous about passing pro-life legislation because they're reading some of these polls and they see some of the pro-choice rallies that are going on out there. When the heart is touched by direct experience, the mind may be challenged to change. And so we're going to be directing them or we're going to be hitting them in the heart. They're going to see thousands of people, pro-life, pro-love people out of the state house. That can move their hearts and their minds to be more pro-life than ever before. Lastly, and I think this is an important part, especially as believers, you know, we don't understand necessarily how this always happens, but it does. And that is when we simply show up, when we uh, respond uh, to the call of God, 
when we uh, respond to the duty we've been given, God can take our small acts of obedience and he can turn it into miracles. So you look at John chapter 2, for example, Jesus tells a couple stewards, hey, take those jugs of water and carry them over to the chief steward. Uh, and they do so, they don't really know what's going to take place or what's happening. They are simply responding to the call of God in that moment. And by responding, though, Jesus takes their small act of obedience and he turns it into a miracle. Water is turned into wine. So when we show up together as a body of believers, we edify each other, we challenge those maybe with a different worldview or encourage those lawmakers who maybe need a little of encouragement. And then lastly, in some miraculous uh, way, powerful way, grace flows from heaven simply when we are obedient to the call of God to show up and to be a voice for the voiceless. We're talking about the Ohio March for Life tomorrow, October 5th, that's Wednesday, in Columbus, downtown, so right at the State House. 10 a.m. is the worship service, 11 a.m. is the rally, and 12 p.m. will be the march downtown, March for Life. Uh, so what kind of signs should folks bring? I mean, I'm, I'm looking, you know, obviously we have our Choose Life signs. We have, um, you know, other signs. People may want to have their own signs that they make. Uh, will there be signs provided for some guests that come? Yeah, we will have some, uh, particularly at the Ohio Rights Life table, we're going to have some uh, Ohio Rights Life signs. But, you know, people are, are welcome to be creative, kind of bring your own signs. Uh, there's some sign ideas actually you can find on the website itself. Uh, but all those ways, I mean, science can be as unique and creative as the human individual, individual themselves. So uh, whatever someone feels like bringing, just, I would say just keep the message positive, right? Uh, we want to encourage people. We want to show people that we are a culture of life and a culture of love. So we're not here to condemn or judge or yell at anybody, but we're there to be a powerful witness to the love of Jesus Christ who loves us mercifully no matter what. And I had a really powerful experience. Gosh, Chris, it was a couple years back. I was at the abortion facility up here in Toledo. We ran a ministry reaching out to the moms and dads walking into the abortion facility, just offering them a different choice and just saying, hey, you know, we have the resources you might need. If you'd like to choose life, we're here for you. If you would consider making an adoption plan, we have families ready to adopt. And I got to actually befriend the abortion doctor at that facility. Now, I disagreed vehemently. Obviously, I've given my life to this cause to fight for the right to life of every individual. So I disagree vehemently with what he was doing. And I believe, really, his soul was in risk of, of eternal damnation because of the work that he was doing. Uh, but I befriended him because I recognized that he ultimately is a sinner in needs of God's mercy. And I, too, am a sinner in need of God's mercy. And the last time I saw him, I got a chance to actually hold his hands in prayer. And as I was holding his hands, just a powerful conviction of the Holy Spirit came over me. And the Holy Spirit told me, this is my son. I want him home. So if the Holy Spirit is saying that about an abortion doctor who'd actually been baptized, he grew up Methodist, so he had been baptized and everything, but had left the faith. If the Holy Spirit was calling the abortion doctor home, how much more does he want everyone of every single stripe, of every political affiliation, home, home to his truth, home to the way, home to the life, which is Jesus Christ himself. So we want our signs to have that kind of pro-love, pro-mercy, pro-joy uh, kind of message, which is just so important to convey to a culture, which is just mired in this kind of culture of death and this culture of doom. We want to be witnesses for life for them so that they'll be attracted to that joy, attracted to that life, and they too might change their hearts and minds to one day join us on the pro-life side as well. That's right, exactly. 
You know, it is either the culture of life or it's a culture of death. The Bible says choose life or choose death. Uh, you know, look, um, Peter, back in the day when my wife and I were first starting out in Bible college in Mount Vernon, Ohio, and uh, we uh, became pregnant with our first uh, uh, child, and it happened to be a boy, and uh, we were looking for a doctor in town, and a new doctor had come into town, and we were asking some of the other uh, married students, and so we went to this first doctor, and we went into the visit, and it was very cold. It was very, uh, he was very off-putting, and my wife was very um, diligent to read about her pregnancy and what a new mom should be doing and, you know, during the pregnancy and for the child and nutrition and all these things. And he kept ask, she kept asking him questions, and he seemed just disinterested. And, and she'd say, and this is before, this is years ago, ago of course, <clears throat> even before the ultrasounds that we have today. So she's saying, well, how big is the baby at this point? And he says, I don't know, maybe this big. And so it's really strange the way he was acting. <clears throat> so we went home and kind of consulted with each other and said, you know what, maybe we should find a different doctor, which we did. And we found a wonderful uh, doctor who actually, he was young. His, do- his father was a doctor. He was a doctor. He actually still did home births and home visits and all that kind of thing. It was kind of a throwback type of thing. And he started the first birthing center in Central Ohio at the Delaware Hospital. And uh, Dr. Shear was his name. But this other gentleman, uh, something was terribly wrong. And not long after he committed suicide, we found out that he had left. uh, He was an abortionist in a city, and he had come to Mount Vernon to kind of hide away. Nobody knew that. But his past came out, and just so... The culture of death, Satan seeks to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy, not just mm-hmm. for the baby in the womb, but the mother and the father that's involved in the abortion and the doctor, those who have actually laid hands and uh, snuffed out life by abortion. Yeah. Folks, we're talking about the March for Life. We're talking about that life that hangs in the balance. This is the unborn child. And in our state, we currently have a heartbeat law, but there's been a stay on that law. Uh, by a common pleas judge down there in Hamilton County. And in the next few days, he's going to make a decision. He's a liberal judge. And the, the concern is, the fear is, is that he is going to find some type of constitutional right of abortion in the state constitution. Remember, after Dobbs, after the fall of Roe, it goes back to the states. And if this common pleas judge in Hamilton County makes that determination, it will strike down Ohio's heartbeat uh, law, all abortion restrictions, Ohio would become almost overnight like New York and California when abortion through the ninth month would be legal again by one common pleas judge's decision. You say, how can that happen? Well, if you listen to my interview with Mike Gonadakis at Ohio Right to Life of 10 days ago, you'll know why. So we're going to be watching this very carefully. We just have with us uh, one of the justices that's running for uh, state Supreme Court. He's a pro-life justice. You know, there's a lot of things he couldn't say in the interview, folks, but I'll say, uh, look, if you don't elect these conservative justices, uh, you'll know who the Republicans are, you'll know who the Democrats are. If you don't vote pro-life, it could affect the heartbeat laws of this state. It could affect all abortion law in the state. Tomorrow, we're going to be rallying in Columbus. It's a spiritual significance to rally together, to come together, the Lord says, wherever two or more gather together in my name, there I am in the midst. And our Lord is for life, and you should be too. And if you're hearing our voice, 
You can get down there tomorrow, get some folks, pack them in the car, get down there. The State House at 10 a.m. for worship service, 11 o'clock for the rally, noon is a march. March for life in the state of Ohio tomorrow. Peter, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's going to be not only a great event, I think, to influence our lawmakers, but again, just to remind you, because again, Chris, as I travel the state, I've met a lot of people who are uh, who are nervous uh, because of the things that you just mentioned. I mean, the fact that the heartbeat law could be stayed by by one judge in Hamilton County, and the lives of thousands of kids in our state affected because of that. It's challenging, right? And I've noticed even on my own kind of social media accounts how much uh, things are kind of shadow banned now when I try to post things. And, you know, typically when you get 100 likes, now you're only getting one and things of that nature. So people are feeling this. They're experiencing that. And I think ever since, you know, even the when the pandemic hit and things of that nature, I don't know about you, but I felt kind of a darkness on our land, if you will. Um, and so it's just so important that we gather as a body of believers uh, of, of all denominations to come together and say, we will stand for life. We will be faithful to success. God, just that's up to you, but we will be faithful to the call. And it's really fulfilling Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, an important prayer. It's the prayer in John 17 before he's actually going to be taken to be crucified. And what does he pray? He says, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. And so what joy does it bring the Father in heaven when he sees the body of believers coming together to say no more to abortion, yes to life, to say that we will be a people of life. And so what a great gift that is. And, And there's going to be some great speakers there tomorrow as well. Bishop David Bonner from the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown, Pastor David Forms from Columbus Christian Center, uh, Dr. Alveda Kane, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., will speak as well. Aaron Baer, president of Center for Christian Virtue, um, all have a chance to say a few words. Jeannie Mancini from the National March for Life is coming into Ohio uh, to share her work and uh, what's on her heart. And then, as you mentioned before, Damascus Worship uh, leading some of that. We're going to also going to have a personal testimony. Um, so some fa- fantastic speakers that will fire up the pro-life base to do exactly what you just mentioned. So it's, you know, it's to pray for the pro-life cause because we recognize that this is a spiritual issue first and foremost. I mean, we're facing uh, the gates of hell when it comes to this abortion issue. And Dr. Peter Kreft from Boston College would always say, you know, there's only one place abortion comes from, and that's, that's from hell. And so we have to be on our knees praying and fighting the spiritual battle against us. Secondly, you know, it's practically being engaged and involved in volunteering um, at your local pregnancy center, uh, volunteering for your local pro-life group at your church, wherever it may be, to get the word out there about the pro-life cause. And then lastly, and if I could put on my 501c4 hat just for a second, it is voting for pro-life candidates, and that's up and down the ballot. And we see now the left strategy you know, they lost at the, the Supreme Court of the United States. Roe v. Wade, blessed be God, has fallen. It's been sent to the ash heaps of history. Glory to God. But now the pro-choice side has taken their attention to the Ohio Supreme Court and the Supreme Courts of all the different states around. And so it's so important that we elect pro-life justices to the Ohio Supreme Court. So, you know, we're talking about individuals like Sharon Kennedy and, and Pat Fisher and Pat DeWine those individuals that Ohio Right to Life has endorsed, I please, I just, I beg your your listeners to go out, tell their friends about these individuals. They need to be elected. That's where the battleground currently is. Uh, because if this judge finds a quote-unquote right to abortion in the Ohio Constitution, and we don't have the votes at the Ohio Supreme Court, Ohio's going to be set back 50 years. 
when it comes to this pro-life issue, and it's going to be a terrible uphill battle for the years to come. So please go out and vote for those pro-life candidates up and down the ballot. Get your, your mother, your father, your brothers and sisters to go out and vote, particularly this November, to vote for pro-life candidates. It's so vitally important today. We're talking with Peter Range. He is the executive director of Ohio Right to Life. Also, uh, one of the speakers will be Representative Jenna Powell of Ohio's 80th District, who also will be speaking. Marge Christie, representing uh, president of Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. So you have a great lineup of speakers. And, of course, Alveda King has such a powerful testimony herself. Uh, of course, the uh, niece of uh, Martin Luther King, Jr., and uh, she is a wonderful Christian lady and has a great story. I, heard, I had the privilege of hearing her at a crisis pregnancy dinner in Ashland, Ohio, just a few months ago. She gave such a wonderful uh, testimony, and we learned more about her personal life. And so God is really using this lady, and she has a, a, a real heart for the pro-life movement as a civil rights issue, might, might I say, as a civil rights issue for the unborn. We're talking about the March for Life in Ohio. That's Tuesday, October 5th. That's tomorrow, folks. Excuse me, Wednesday, October 5th. Uh, that's tomorrow in Columbus. Let me give you the times again. 10 a.m. is the rally, and that's with a concert. 11 a.m. is the speakers, and 12 will be the march. Come on down and join us at the Ohio State House. We want a big crowd there to make a statement, a big statement, that Ohio is pro-life. Peter, there's a lot of work to do in front of us. Obviously, tomorrow's going to be a great day. It's going to be um, actually kind of a kickoff for the election season. Of course, the Ohio Christian Alliance has a voter guide. You have endorsements, uh, material that you're putting out that people can understand. I know that I benefit from those. I look to see who Ohio Right to Life and some of the groups like Cincinnati Right to Life. I was talking to Laura Streetman of Cincinnati Right to Life and their endorsement. Uh, list that they put out. and I, We as an organization don't endorse. We uh, survey the candidates. We publish the results. It's very helpful to people. But they will be able to see in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide who the Democrats are voting for, uh, vying for the state Supreme Court and who the Republicans are. There's three seats up, folks. If just one seat goes to the Democrats, they'll have the majority on the court, and you will see an activist court the likes of which we haven't seen in years. And you don't want to see that because it won't be pro-life, it won't be pro-family, it will not uh, be good. It will not really be for religious liberty. So, I mean, a lot of bad things could happen with the state Supreme Court election alone. Over the last few years, the Republicans have been losing seats. And part of that reason that the legislature thinks, well, maybe people don't know who these justices are, and as we just had on Pat Fisher on with us, there's things he can't say about pending legislation or, excuse me, pending cases. So it's really vanilla at times, but that's why your endorsement, Peter, is so important. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, thanks so much. And I just want to mention, too, you mentioned uh, Jenna Powell speaking at the march, and we're super excited to have her as well, and Margie Christie from Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. You know, it's so great for me and edifying for me to see kind of all the pro-life groups, Cincinnati Right to Life, Dayton Right to Life, all coming together for the March for Life uh, as well. And it's something that we've badly needed. I think here in the state of uh, Ohio is kind of a, uh, a movement towards healing. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. You know, when it comes back to these candidates and endorsing them, uh, we kind of sent out a survey to every one of our candidates asking them uh, where they stand on particular issues. And as you mentioned, you know, sometimes... Um, 
judges based upon their position, what cases might become before them. You know, they can't answer every question, but we make sure that we follow up and we have personal conversations with uh, every elected representative, everybody running for office, every judge. And uh, we're tremendously confident uh, that uh, if your listeners are, are wondering who to vote for on the Supreme Court, if they're pro-life, you know, we can't emphasize enough that uh, Pat Fisher, Pat DeWine, Sharon Kennedy, they need to be elected. And it's not just the pro-life cause, as you mentioned, too. I mean, you mentioned religious liberty. Uh, we are going to face tremendous battles in the year, years ahead here in our state. I think it was um, actually all the way back in 1978, a young cardinal named Carol Watiwa came to Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He said, we're now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has ever gone through. We're facing the gospel versus the anti-gospel. That was in 1978. That young cardinal, Carol Watiwa, would go on to become St. John Paul II, you know, a a tremendous pro-life leader in the Catholic Church. So those were prophetic words in 1978, and I think we see that playing out in our culture today. I mean, Chris, look look at what we're fighting over right now in our culture. We're fighting over whether human beings made in the image and likeness of God from the moment of conception, the moment of fertilization, whether or not they have the right to live. And you have people advocating that they should be allowed to be killed through all nine months of pregnancy. This goes against the very first commandment God gives us in the Scriptures in Genesis, which is to be fruitful and multiply. Secondly, what else are we fighting in our culture, which has just come out of almost seemingly nowhere in the past 10 years? We're fighting over this idea whether or not boys can be girls and girls can be boys, and we're allowing three-year-olds to begin the transition process to the opposite gender. Well, what's the first thing we learn about mankind in the Scriptures in Genesis? It is God made us male and female. If you are a believer and you can't see uh, the diabolical attacks behind some of the things that are taking place in our culture, it's time to wake up. I think it was A.W. Tozier. A.W. Tozier said, um, you know, most Christians see this world as a playground when in actuality it's a battleground. Um, so this is a call. The March for Life tomorrow is just is a, is a part of the call to come and to witness to the gospel of life tomorrow so that we can be a completely pro-life state, abortion-free, where the human person is welcomed, cherished, and loved from the very moment of conception. So please join us tomorrow at the March for Life at the Ohio State House. Also looking at your website, that's Ohio Right to Life. You want to go to the, uh, the Pro-Life Voter Guide, and that's their endorsement piece. And uh, you want to check that out. So what you do is you go to the Ohio Right to Life website, and then you click on the Issues tab, and then you go and pick uh, Vote Pro-Life, the guide, and you pick that, and then that will bring up the endorsement uh, piece for you to be able to know which candidates are endorsed by the Ohio Right to Life and that are pro-life. And thank you, Pete, for all this information. It's going to be a great help to a lot of folks. And thank you for... Uh, helping to rally the cause with the March in Ohio tomorrow. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for all the great work that you're doing for the gospel. Thank you, Peter. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, too. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at Ohio Christian Alliance. And also, uh, the voter guide is there, and also helpful information about where's my district and what's on my ballot. So you want to visit the Ohio Christian Alliance website and encourage others to do the same. It's important to get out there and vote pro-life and to vote for religious liberty. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. God bless.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.